0: right there is behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor, like the Upshots. This is my tractor penny. It's all about attention to detail. But the Nelsons love cruising around
1: their expansive Montana ranch in their John Deere Gator UV. We've been here since 1868. While the Caggianos drive a John Deere zero-turn mower to keep their Long Island brewery looking sharp. Don't call me. Don't
2: bother me. I'm going out to mow for a couple hours. Run with us and start telling your story. Learn more at
0: JohnDeere.com radio.
2: This needs to go to Parkville by three.
0: Joy to the holiday packages that keep coming at nice. Jimenez Couriers.
2: Coming your way, but the drop-off location is changing. She
0: needs delivery drivers with the gift of punctuality.
2: Anyone looking to pick up some overtime? Anyone? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed, you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com/credit and get seventy-five dollars towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions.
0: Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM.
1: Happy hump day to you and yours. Shane Dennis Show, like the man said, Jack Johnson's alongside, helping out. Producing, contributing, answering your calls. Here is the way you can enjoy ESPN Wichita in ways that you aren't already. Call us, 316-669-4996. That's a hotline. Text us, 316-247-0923. That's the text line, very popular. Tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3. Tune in on your phone, espnwichta.com, on your device, laptop, etc. That's where the podcasts are 92.3 FM on your radio. Follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. I am, anyway. It is February 8th, 39th day of the year. There are 326 days left in 2023. Here in a couple of minutes, we're going to. Max out at our high temperature today here in Wichita, 46 degrees. All right, we need to talk a little K-State TCU. That happened last night right here on the channel. A big-time finish to the game for K-State. They take care of the Horned Frogs, get back to their winning ways. We'll talk about that. Also, big game tonight at the Roundhouse, Wichita State and UCF. That is on ESPN Plus at 7 o'clock. We'll talk about that, preview that for you just a little bit. Also, we got some Mahomes audio and lots of it from the Super Bowl. And his segment is brought to you by Davis Liquor Outlet, locally owned and operated, davisliquoroutlet.com for a location nearby. Jack and I have uh, differing opinions on a Chiefs wish list when it comes to the draft, I have a feeling. We'll talk about their first couple of picks at some point here in the first hour and who it should be and what position they should focus on. Headlines at one, as per usual. What a moment coming up in the second hour. And I'm old Jack's Young February 8th coming up at the end of the show. And then, of course, as I'm sure you know by now, we'll lead you into the pulse with Pat Strothman from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 coming up on Sunday. Pat is down in Phoenix and has been all week, and will continue to do his show from down there. So we will lead you up to Radio Row from 2 to 4 with The Pulse and Pat Strothman. Also, a reminder, later on tonight on the channel, we've got a KCAC double header. Friends in Sterling will do battle. Uh, Pat will not be able to make that commute, but will deliver it for you, you friends in Sterling fans chance lebo will have the play-by-play for you coming up this evening uh tomorrow on the show we'll be back to overtime at six and the jerome tang show will be at seven after hours here on the channel so nothing too out of the ordinary except for pat is in phoenix doing his show from radio road down at the super bowl and uh we're thrilled to have him down there and hopefully he's having a good time i have a feeling he is all right uh jack johnson Producer, show contributor, and joke teller will provide our moment of levity here on a
3: Wednesday. Jack, take it away. Shane, imagine if you walked into a bar and there was a long line of people waiting to hit you. Well, that's the punchline.
1: (laughs) February 8th, that's today. It is National Kite Flying Day. National Boy Scouts Day is today. Tell you why here more in depth shortly it's national iowa day recognizing iowa what's the nickname of iowa jack it's the what state
3: Uh, is it something (laughs) they grow
1: no it's not the corn state or anything the hawkeye state yeah it's the hawkeye state there you go yeah don't overthink it um Iowa has the highest per capita number of bowling alleys in the United States. There are over 400 of them in Iowa, which apparently is a lot, considering Iowa only has a little over 3 million people in it. National Iowa Day. Uh, Tomorrow, there will be at least five days to tell you about. Once we get to February 9th, in 1910, as we alluded to earlier, William D. Boyce incorporates Boy Scouts of America, 1910 on this day. 1976, the film Taxi Driver premieres Martin Scorsese film featuring Robert De Niro, Sybil Shepherd, Jodie Foster, nominated for four Academy Awards and two Golden Globes. Birthdays, February 8th, Jules Verne, French science fiction author, wrote Journey to the Center of the Earth, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and Around the World in 80 Days. Jules Verne, 1828. James Dean, 1931, best known for his role in a film called Rebel Without a Cause. John Williams, who you may not know, born 1932, he is a composer who is considered cinema's most distinguished and honored in film history because his scores include Star Wars, Superman, E.T., and Jaws. John Williams composed all of those scores for those films. Also born on this day, Ted Koppel, 1940, award winning broadcast journalist, anchor for Nightline for 25 years. And Mary Steenbergen, born 1953. You know who Mary Steenbergen is? I do not. It's Brennan's mom and stepbrothers.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's who that is. Well, she's, all, she's done a ton of stuff, too. Elf. Uh, Elf. Parenthood. Yeah, that's all. Yep.
1: Yep. All right. There you go. There And also born in this day, no longer with us, RIP, Gary Coleman, who actually made an appearance in our Twitter tournament last week. So there you go. There's February 8th for you. Okay. Tonight, Charles Koch Wichita State. Five and six in the American taking on UCF, who's four and six, but leaking a little oil, UCF. I'll tell you about that in a second. It's on ESPN plus tonight at seven oh two, which Wichita state playing quite a bit better. And arguably, even though they've only won three of their last five, they might be playing their best best basketball of the season, really. And offensively, they definitely are. The uh, the Shockers and Knights actually played the opener in Orlando. Seems like forever ago. But Wichita State then had to play without Craig Porter Jr. and only could muster forty-five points, lost fifty-two to forty-five. UCF opened the American four and one, but they've lost their last five. They do have one of the league's most talented freshmen, which is saying something considering what Houston had to offer the other night. But Taylor Hendricks averages 14, seven and nearly two blocks a game. He is projected to be a first round pick in the NBA draft. And so UCF started four and one, now four and six. Wichita State started 0 oh and three. Has a chance to be 6-6. Six and six. The odds makers think this is a semi-coin flip. Wichita State small favorites, if you're into that stuff. Favored by 2.5 points at home. Even though UCF enters the week in the top 70 in both the net and Ken Palm. Wichita State coming off. An 86-75 road win at Tulsa. Jeron Pierre Jr., uh, 14 of his 19 points in the first half that saw Wichita State lead by as many as 19 in that first half. James Rojas, 17 points on 7 of 8 shooting against Tulsa. Wichita State, as I mentioned offensively, have gotten better and maybe playing their best ball on that side as far as that's concerned, all year long. They've went over 70 points in seven of their last eight games. The only time they didn't was against Houston. Understandable, though. So they've been over 70. Seven of their last eight, they only did that five times in their first 15 games. And in their last eight games, averaging nearly 77 points a game. That's an improvement of about 13 points per. The defense that's kind of been up and down since Shockers got in the American continues to rank in the national leaders as far as field goal percentage defense. They are 16th in the country still. Wichita State is. The weird part about this is the Shockers are one and four in home games in the American. And credit to Brian Holmgren from the uh, from Wichita State Sports Information Department pointed out they went 32 and 11 at home in the American in their first five seasons, one and four this year, and those five opponents have sh- uh, shot a combined 40 and a half percent from three point range. So maybe something to keep your eye on tonight. Um, further news and notes about Wichita State's offense. Five shockers averaging in double figures over those last eight games I was telling you about. Jaquan Walton leading the way, nearly 19 points a game in the last eight. Rojas, though, 14 points. Craig Porter, 11 and a half. And Kenny Poto. Those two guys, Rojas and Poto, I keep talking about them on this show, but those guys considering Wichita State is a little, I don't want to say thin, but Quincy Ballard, who's a guy that was starting to kind of come on a little bit before he got a back injury. So, that rotation, as far as their true big men, I don't, I mean, for all James Rojas is, he's not tall, but bless his heart, he's playing his best basketball, maybe of his career. And between he and Kenny Poto, that front line is averaging t- nearly 25 points and 15 rebounds over their last eight between the two of those guys. Um, Isaiah Porbear Chandler not really getting the meaningful minutes lately. So it's pretty much Poto and Rojas on the front line. And they got to go small when Poto comes out of the game pretty much. But offensively, they've, they've struck a nice balance between Walton, Porter, Pierre, and the guys down low. So they were statistically, Wichita State was one of the nation's worst passing teams in the first half of the season, but they've done a 180 with that as well. As their assisted turnover rate, uh, ratio, and assist rate have all gone up over the last four weeks. UCF, on the yeah. other hand, went nine and three in the non conference beating Oklahoma State and Florida State in that. But after a
4: double overtime home
1: win over Memphis, they've lost five straight, UCF has. And they're 1-4 and in American road games, the only win coming against ECU in Greenville. But the guy to watch tonight, I guess if you're into uh, NBA prospects, and who isn't? Taylor Hendricks, 6'9", true freshman, four-star recruit, leads uh, leads the team in points, rebounds, tied for the American lead in blocks with 39. So UCF, Wichita State tonight at 7 o'clock. Again, Wichita State, a small favorite, 2.5 points as of right now. Total is in the low 130s, which is a little surprising, considering the way Wichita State's played. Offensively lately, UCF in their last five, all losses, have kind of had a hard time stopping the other guy. They did go to overtime in giving up 77 to Temple, so that skews things just a little bit, but gave up 82 to kind of an offensively challenged Houston team, gave up 85 to USF and 77 to Tulane. In their most recent outing, UCF. Lost at Cincinnati, seventy-three sixty-four. So, uh, again, that game tonight, big game for both and teams somewhat heading in opposite directions. Last night, a game that you heard right here on ESPN Wichita ninety-two point three. K-State improved to nineteen and five overall, seven and four in the Big Twelve, and that nineteen and five start is the second best in the last 50 seasons, 5-0, tying two other teams over the last 50 years with a 19-5 overall start. They snapped a two-game losing streak and a three-game streak in Big 12 play. K-State got its fifth top 25 victory of the season last night over TCU. And... K-State even the season series with TCU snapping a three-game losing streak to the Frogs at home. Five Wildcats scored double figures last night, led by Marquise Noel, led all scorers uh, scorers with 18. Noel had seven assists and set the single-season assist record last night, breaking the previous mark held by Steve Henson back in the late eighties. Keontae Johnson at fourteen points, two of three from three. And K-State finished the game on a seven to two run to win going away over TCU last night. Speaking of K-State, again tomorrow we'll have the Jerome Tang show at 7 o'clock that follows overtime. So you K-State fans get, get to hear from Jerome Tang after K-State starts 19-5 and and get to 7-4 in Big 12 play. Speaking of Keontae Johnson, it was announced that he is a top-10 candidate for the 2023 Julius Irving Small Forward Award by the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, That was just announced today. Johnson is also – is, on, is joined on the list by Jalen Wilson from Kansas. The award annually honors the top small forward in Division One, and is named after, of course, the four-time MVP Julius Irving, who went to the Basketball Hall of Fame back in 1993. Others on the Julius Irving watch list include Alabama's Brandon Miller, Ohio State's Bryce Sensabaugh, Kevin O'Banner from Texas Tech, formerly of Oral Roberts, you might recall, among others. K-State fans can support his candidacy, Johnson's that is, by participating in fan voting starting Friday at HoopHallAwards.com. So starting Friday, you can vote. And you can vote for Keontae Johnson, who is in the top ten, the finalist, down to ten, for the Julius Irving Award for small forwards. Tremendous season continues for him. All right, so here in just a little bit, we're going to have some Chiefs talk. We'll hear from Patrick Mahomes at some point. He had plenty to say uh, between today and yesterday down in Phoenix, so we'll have plenty of audio from him. And Jack and I will also uh, put together a little bit of a wish list for the Chiefs in the upcoming NFL draft, which, as we know, is going to be held in Kansas City, so it'll be exciting times in KC. But what do the Chiefs need and what will fall to them, assuming they don't move from 30 in the first round? Their first couple of picks... I think we'll be 30 and 62, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Jack and I have kind of kicked around a draft simulator and have done some mock drafts, at least in the first couple of rounds, uh, over the last 12 hours or so. And we'll talk about that coming up later on here in this hour, who the Chiefs covet and who should they be drafting at 30, assuming assuming they don't move uh, from 30. And I certainly can't imagine they'll move out of the first round considering they got the, the draft in KC. I, I know that's not an end-all be-all reason, but it's a big one. So we would imagine that the Chiefs will, at the very least, stay at 30 if not move up a little bit. So we can talk about that coming up here in just a little bit. Also, the Twitter question is up, has to do with Mahomes' legacy that Jack and I talked a little bit about yesterday, uh, if The Chiefs win the Super Bowl on Sunday. Headlines coming up at 1 o'clock. We've got uh, What a Moment in hour number two and a very special birthday to celebrate. I'm old Jack Young. All that is straight ahead. But when we come back, we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes. He is brought to you by Davis Liquor Outlet, locally owned and operated for a location nearby you. Go to davisliquoroutlet.com. Patrick Mahomes from the Super Bowl. Coming up next is
0: 1220. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Since 1933,
5: Envision has been a part of the Wichita community, serving people who are blind or visually impaired and their families, from employment opportunities to child development, rehabilitation, research, and crucial programs for all ages. This year, we celebrate our 90th birthday. We invite you to join our year long celebration of 90 years of envisioning the possibilities. Visit EnvisionUs.com to wish us a happy birthday and join us in continuing the mission. 100% of your gift directly impacts Envision's programs and services. Thank you, Wichita.
0: ESPN Wichita, it's headed to Arizona to bring you all the sights and sounds as the Chiefs and Eagles prepare for Super Bowl 57. Woo! Burrowhead in my ass! Woo! It's Mahomes' house! Home for live coverage from Radio Row of Super Bowl 57, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Brought to you by Eaton Roofing and Exteriors,
2: Toppers Plus, and Davis Liquor Outlet. If you want to pay off high interest debt
5: faster, it's time to refinance with American Financing, America's home for home loans. Get a free mortgage review and learn about custom loans that can save you up to $1,000 a month. If you start soon, you may close in as fast as 10 days. Call 866-886-2026. That's 866-886-2026. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS
2: 182-334. NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate, on that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out, you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? (laughs) Now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability.
5: Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
0: the hands up
2: the plane
3: at LA with the dream my card again
0: all
1: right it's 1224
3: and i gonna fit in
1: before we get to the Mahomes audio We need to give away a pair of tickets to the WSU-UCF game tonight. So, Jack, be at the ready here. Uh, Caller number five, if you want to go to the game tonight, call Jack, and good luck. 316-669-4996, Wichita State UCF, tonight at seven. pair of tickets for you, 316-669-4996. All right, good luck to all. All right, uh, Patrick Mahomes, as you would imagine, had plenty to say. Uh, Over the last couple of days, down at the Super Bowl, since it's Super Bowl week, he and Andy Reid both uh, taking to the podium multiple times. So, without further ado, thanks to Davis Liquor Outlet, davisliquoroutlet.com. Here's Patrick Mahomes' audio from the Super Bowl.
0: Patrick Mahomes, uh, Jose Villalba from Multimedios in Mexico. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Travis Kelsey? You have uh, um, a lot of success together. Uh, his playoff numbers are incredible. Your combination with, with him, with you see Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. Where do you think? You talk a little, a little bit about where you guys are in terms of history, and what has it mean meant for your development as a quarterback?
4: Yeah, it's, it's been a great run. And I think it uh it started, I mean, uh, as the friends we became off the field, that we've become like brothers now, that, that relationship that we have has kind of translated on the field. And I know what he's thinking when he's out there. Um, and I mean, he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest tight end of all time. And so for me to just find ways to get in the football um, and the way that he works um, to get himself better and better every year, I mean, it's a, it's a special player that uh, – Hopefully uh, we can keep, keep going for a long time because, uh, I mean, he's a guy that you, you'll never have another player like him in your career.
1: Hey, Patrick. Uh, so last, last week you had mentioned that the, the ankle was preventing you from really stopping with, with some of the pain. Where are you at and, and how close do you feel like you are to just doing everything that you'd be able to normally do with the, with the injury?
4: Yeah, I don't think you'll know exactly until you get to game day. Um, I'm definitely in a better spot. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely can move around better than I, I was moving last week or two weeks ago. And so uh, just trying to continue to get the treatment and the rehab um, and get to as close as I can to 100% and then uh, rely on some adrenaline to let me do a little bit extra when I'm on the field. So it's going to be it's going to be uh, definitely better, more mobile, uh, be able to move around a little bit uh, better for sure, and then we'll see on game day how close to 100% I can be.
2: Hey, Patrick, another question on Travis. Um, Can you describe what kind of presence he has in the locker room? I mean, he seems like a vocal guy to us, but I just wondered if that's the case inside the locker room. And then also, what are the things that sort of prompt him to speak up, whether it's during the week, during the game, whatever it might be?
4: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a vocal guy. I mean, he's someone that – he's one of the main leaders in this locker room. I mean, one of the core guys that's been here for longer than I've been here. The whole entire run of really Coach Reed's uh, uh, run in the Kansas City Chiefs. And so – I think he's, he's, he can be vocal because he's the hardest working guy in the locker room as well. and He's, he's in the building, he's working his tail off, he's finishing every route, uh, he's blocking, working on his blocking. I mean, there's times when he's not in, he's like walking to the side and he's like working on routes by himself. And I mean, whenever you have a guy that's one of the hardest working people, that's um, one of the greatest players of all time, um, then he, he is that vocal, he can be that vocal leader and everybody responds because they know he's doing it the right way. Patrick? What is the biggest challenge of facing this Eagles defense? Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're great everywhere, so it's, it's, it's hard to pick one. I mean, obviously, I'd probably say the defensive line just because, I mean, they're on the like a historic uh, sack, uh, sack rate and uh, the way they're able to get to the quarterback. And so everybody knows that everything starts up front, and so it would be a great challenge for our offensive line to try to do what they can in the run game and the pass game of protecting and run blocking um, but, I mean, they got great DBs, they got great linebackers. Um, and so when you have a great unit, it's about how can you execute and just and prevent negative plays. And they've done a great job, especially in the playoffs, of, of causing negative plays. And then and turnovers are usually what win and lose a, uh, a football game. And so, uh, for us, we understand it's going to be a great challenge through and through, but the defensive line is, is a special group, and so I'd probably say that.
0: Hey, Patrick, how are you doing? NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is speaking today. I know you're the player union rep for the team. Uh, if there's anything you would like to see change the way the NFL operates or anything you would suggest if you had a conversation with him, what would it be?
4: Man, um, anytime we can get more money to the players, I always like that, so I'd probably say that.
0: <laughs> Over here. Hi, Tandy with Channel 8 TV. Um, a question that we're curious about is, um, we know that you do like commercials and other things with your teammates and coaches. So my question is, how, what are your favorite activities to do with your other teammates and coaches off the field, and how does that translate in your relationship on the field?
4: Yeah, so my favorite activity to do off the field with my teammates is golf. I like to golf in the offseason. I don't golf during the season, but in the off season, we like to get out there. And I've started to get more and more guys into it. Um, and so it started off, I got Travis into it. Um, and now I'm getting the offensive line into it. And I'm just. And it's not about how good you shoot. I think it's, it's more about the camaraderie you have out there. You're out there for three, four hours at a time um, if you're playing at a good, uh, good speed and you're, you're out there, and you hang out with, the, with the, the guys and you're competing. But at the same time, you're just enjoying it. So I would say that's probably the, the main activity I do in the offseason.
0: Hey, Pat. Hey, Sammy from French Media. Thanks for having us on that Las Vegas Raiders game. Um, we got Kelsey having his podcast, we
4: got B Marsh in the house. Do you have two players in your locker room that would make a great podcast? Yeah, it's, I would say Chris Jones and Frank Clark. I don't know if it would be allowed by Ted over here, but those would de- they would definitely have the best podcast if they were allowed to have one.
0: Great question, and uh, I played with Frank Clark over here. Oh, you got to, what's uh, up, yeah, man? What's up, my man? I play with Frank Clark. That was a great choice. Uh, before I ask you a question, Ted Cruz, I just want to say you're a legend. 11th season. You know, you guys are making a lot of history this week, but there's people like you that's really holding our game up. So I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for the game of uh, football. All right, brother. So how you doing?
4: Good, man. Good. All right.
0: Great. Um, Rihanna came out and said that you are the greatest quarterback ever. Hearing that, how does that make you feel?
4: Uh, makes me, it makes you feel great. Uh, then uh, it, she's, uh, she's gonna crush it at halftime. I have family members that I think are more excited about the halftime show than they are the game. Um, and so uh, whatever Rihanna says is like, like the gospel. So I'm glad that she, she went with me for that, for that honor.
0: She didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. She <laughs> didn't. I was just messing. Around. <laughs> oh man.
4: You got, you got me up here smiling and smirking. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. My last question, um, and this is serious one. What are you chasing?
4: Um, what I'm chasing is, I, don't, I never say I'm chasing a, a player. I'm chasing the, I don't want to have any regrets when I step off this football field. Um, and I understand how lucky I am to be in this organization. I understand how lucky I am to play with guys that are going to be Hall of Famers. Um, and so when I look at back at the end of my career, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I didn't give everything I have to, to, win, to win Super Bowls because of the great people I have around me. And so uh, when I get done with my career, I just want to make sure that I, I know that I gave everything I had on that football field.
0: Hey, Patrick, uh, I know you won't be able to attend tomorrow night, but just the, uh, uh, what it means to you to be up for the MVP award as well as the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, how much those mean to you?
4: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it gives you a great appreciation uh, of, of this sport, man. Um, the hard work you put in every single day, um, and playing the last few years and not being up for the award, um, I think uh, it gives me even better appreciation. And it's uh, something like at the end of my career, like like we were just talking about, I want to look back and say, man, like I, I was able to win the MVP once and hopefully have a chance to win it again this year. And and then even more importantly than that, the Walter Payton Man of the Year. It's something that it takes more than just me. I mean, I have so many people that help me with my, my foundation to help run it. And you want to get back and make Kansas City a better place than when you when you got there. Um, but it, it speaks to the people I have around me in the community that I live in that I'm able to give back to Kansas City so much, and I would have the honor to be even up for this award. Hi, Patrick. Um, you tweeted LeBron James yesterday after he broke the scoring record. Do you have a relationship with him, and can you gather inspiration off of accomplishment like that? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I first off, I, I, do, I talk to him every once in a while um, and, and try to gain as much advice as possible, um, but – I think you gain inspiration because I think you heard him talking about it last night. It, it wasn't something that he was chasing. It wasn't something that he even thought was possible. He just continued to work every single year, every single day, and he, he got there. And he still had a play at a high level. Um, and so, like I said, it's legendary stuff. I mean, there's some, there's some records that no one thinks will ever be broken. And to see a guy that puts in the work every single day and gets to that milestone who's not even a scorer first. Uh, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. Um, and he is the, has the most points of all time, but he's not even a scorer. He just continues to work and work and try to win championships, and he's able to reach, reach uh, goals that I don't think anyone ever thought were going to be broken.
3: Morning,
1: Patrick. Uh, when you look at Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni and the magnetism that they bring to really rally players around them, they're similar in a way, but I think they're also different in that way. Um, So from your perspective as a player, can you talk a little bit about obviously outside of the sheer knowledge of the game but those defining qualities that you look for in a coach that really enable a team like the
3: Chiefs and like the Eagles to rally around those guys?
4: Yeah, I think you just see the different generations between the coaches. I mean, both of them – are obviously great coaches to have their teams in this in this moment. Um, but as far as for me seeing Coach Reed, I think it's just the way he's a, he puts the work in every single day as well. Um, so you never question that he's prepared and ready to go. Um, he enjoys it. He uh, he still you still feel it has that kid spirit and he, he likes to joke around and have have fun. Um, and then he he knows how to get the best out of every single player. And he knows and there's a there's a, a kind of a special, unique quality where he's able to get the best out of you no matter where you're from um, or how that, that he has to do that. And so uh, not only him, we have a lot of great coaches in this organization, and they push us every single day. And sometimes when we have practicing pads like on Monday we have, we do, we're like, why are we doing this? But we know that they're doing it for the right reasons to get us ready to go for the, for the Super Bowl. All right,
1: we got three more questions.
4: Patrick,
0: I Simon from Danish TV. Uh, I was just wondering, this is the third time that uh, you're here at the Super Bowl. Is there anything you're doing different this time around coming to the, the, the others and, and what the, especially that is that will help you win on Sunday?
4: Yeah, I think you have a better understanding of the whole process. So you can kind of find those little, those little windows where you can get a little extra uh, film study in, a little extra rest. Um, I think uh, the, especially the first Super Bowl when I was in Miami, it was like kind of you got to go here, you got to go here. And you kind of were just kind of trying to figure out a, a way to get it all done. Um, whereas now I have a better understanding of, of the process and the schedule. And I had Ted and them sending me the schedule like a week early just so I could plan it out and have a, a good plan for what I was going to go about my week doing.
0: Patrick, good morning. Kyle Nash with the three-point conversion. Um, obviously this game, first two black quarterbacks facing each other. What do you see in Jalen Hurts that reminds you of a young Patrick Mahomes?
4: Yeah, uh, well, he's not, I'm not that old, but it's uh, <laughs>
0: younger. Uh, yeah,
4: I, I mean, I think the best thing about Jalen is the way he works, man. He goes to work every single day, and you can see it. Um, he gets better and better every single year, and that's what we're all striving to do is get better and better, and uh, I'm, I'm better than I was when I was at that point in my career, and you continue to work, and you continue to put in that, in that leadership role that he has, and you can see how the guys follow him, man. They they, they follow him, and they'll do whatever they can to help the, help that guy succeed, and so it'll be a great game, man. And obviously he can do all the physical stuff. He can run, he can throw, and do all that different type of stuff. But the work ethic is what will get you through. And I think that he, he's at the top tier of that.
0: Thank you, Patrick. And, hey, I'm in my 40s, so you're both younger than me. <laughs> yeah.
4: Patrick, hi, good morning. Federico Olvera here
0: from no Dame Bola, Mexico City. Hello again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, uh, so far in your career, what, what has been uh, one of your plays that you, you have liked the most? And the second one, what is your favorite play in the history of the National Football League?
4: Uh, I would say my favorite play in the history of the National Football League Um I would probably say the Franco Harris play. I was, I was watching it obviously with this last year and him passing away and, and how special that moment was. You get a better perspective when you realize what the scenario was. And obviously I didn't see it and I, and I wasn't allowed to see it. Um, but you, I saw like, you see highlights of it. You're like, oh, what a sweet play. But this, this last year seeing the, the, the significant of it and what part of the game it was and how they, it took them on to that great run that they had in um, the Steelers organization. I said that's probably one of the, I mean, it's one of the greatest plays of, of, in the history of football. And then my favorite play, um, it's got to be Wallace, man. That helped us win the Super Bowl. So I, I would say that's probably my favorite play in my career. All right, thank you. I can't believe you got me that. I can't believe you got me that. Quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was that? Uh, do you know? Was that Brandon Marshall that uh, got him? I with think them?
3: it was. That's my best guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was. I heard it earlier and totally whiffed on who it was, but I think the the setup. Um, the second time around, I think that's probably who it was, but anyway, there's Patrick Mahomes, uh, Mahomes audio brought to you by Davis liquor outlet, locally owned and operated davisliquoroutlet.com. All right. When we come back, we'll break a little, little early here. When we come back, uh, the first couple of rounds of the draft coming up in the spring for Kansas city, they'll have picks 30 and 62. Jack and I will have our wish lists made up, uh, thanks in part to a mock draft simulator that is really spot on. If you haven't been to Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, uh, there's a mock draft simulator that you can set up um, pretty much any way you like. You can force trades. You can uh, mock all seven rounds if you're a Chiefs fan, uh, and it tells you who picks where, Um for those that uh, those teams that don't have a first round pick include the Rams at 36, the Browns at 42, the Broncos at 67, the Eagles at 52 and the 49ers at 99. They don't have a pick until the 99th overall pick. Uh, but everybody else has at least one first round pick. Uh, I think the Texans have two, I think the Eagles have two, the Eagles pick at 10. Uh, which is dynamite on their part, and actually the Seahawks at five. But uh, the backdrop being when we come back, Jack and I will pick at 30 for the Chiefs. We won't force uh, force any trades or anything like that. We'll pick at 30 and 62, and if you aren't aware, down at 30, it's all over the map who will be available for Kansas City at 30. And depending on your own wish list, who you think that they should target and what position they should uh, target in the upcoming draft, there's a lot of interesting possibilities. So we'll mock the first two rounds and have a little two-person round table when it comes to who the Chiefs take at 30 and then beyond in the second round at pick number 62. If you have thoughts, you're a Chiefs fan and you're kind of a uh, – uh, Geek when it comes to the draft. Who do you think the Chiefs should take at 30? Text us 316-247-0923. Jack and I will mock. Next is 1240.
0: You're listening to the Shane
5: Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at envisionus.com.
1: We all know the saying, happy wife, happy life, and good night's sleep will definitely keep the wife happy. That's why you should try Derby Mattress. Their heavy-duty mattress made by Sutherland holds up to 1,100 pounds from a company that's been around for well over 100 years. Also, there's a latex mattress that you can buy now and not have to replace for decades. thing I love about Derby Mattress, their everyday prices beat the sale prices of big box stores. That's Derby Mattress, 105 South Baltimore in Derby or online at derbymattress.com.
3: Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seamless Cabernet, only $9.99. And don't forget WBC's WooShock Wheat Six-Packs, just $8.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated.
2: Excludes 31st Marty. Kansas City is back in the big game. How did they get there? By having a strong work ethic and great attention to detail. Those are the same values of the successful team at Eaton Roofing and Exteriors. Now celebrating their 30th year in business, Eaton Roofing and Exteriors has been the proven winner since 1993. Roofing, siding, windows, and doors, they do that and so much more. Find this winning team at eatonroofing.com. Auburn Wine & Spirits, offering whiskeys from around the globe, craft beer, and wine of all types. Auburn Wine & Spirits has been bringing our selection of 2,000 wines to Wichita since 2008. Right now, Auburn Wine & Spirits is looking for a sales associate. If you want to work in a fun environment with competitive wages and are at least 21 years old, part-time and full-time schedules are available. Apply in person at 320 North Rock Road or send your resume to wine at auburnwichita.com. The bay, the wind, to it's 12.43, Do you
1: Shane the Show here on a Wednesday. So Headlines coming up here, about 17 minutes or so. LeBron James is in the news, you may have noticed. What a moment, coming up hour number two, normally as we have on a Wednesday. So we'll have some historic audio coming up here in just a little bit. And then I'm old Jack Young and hand you off to Pat and The Pulse, From Radio Row down in Phoenix, Super Bowl week, halfway through here on a Wednesday. All right, we had some uh, Mahomes audio just a little bit ago, courtesy of Davis Liquor Outlet, as we normally do on Wednesday. And uh, we appreciate DLO. We love those guys. They're also uh, part of what uh, is making the pulse possible from Radio Row down in Phoenix. So thank you, Davis Liquor Outlet. Uh, And thank you to the Chiefs for sustaining us all the way through spring training. (laughs) I know Jack and I are the two um, uh, most thankful is probably a stretch, but being baseball guys that we are, the Chiefs have successfully bridged the gap between football season and spring training. Now, uh, Kansas City is going to host the NFL draft as most of you already know, and if they don't do anything as far as uh, trading back, for example, if they don't do anything, they will have a first-round pick. They'll pick 30th. Their first two picks are at number 30 and number 62. Now, for those that follow the NFL draft, it's kind of a duh statement uh, that I uttered in the last segment to say that when you pick 30th, and you have a either a simulator or you do a mock draft or you have a wish list. It's kind of hard to tell who's going to be there for you at 30 uh, position. One, well, player-wise specifically. Um, and so I've uh, challenged Jack to put together a little wish list. And apparently you are today today years old when you. Uh, discovered the mock draft simulator on uh, ProFootballFocus.com. True?
3: I had seen it before, but I had never done it.
1: Isn't it amazing? It's very fun. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you first, when you pick down at 30, um, and maybe doesn't matter where you pick, but what, uh, what do you subscribe to, Jack, when it comes to the NFL draft? Position of need or best available guy? Or does it depend?
3: I think I'm more so position of need. Uh, I think baseball is more so you take the best player and, and yeah, you mold yeah. them into what you want them to be because some guys are drafted as shortstops and turn out to be outfielders or third basemen or second basemen or first basemen, whatever you want to say there. In the NFL, though, those guys are usually – players in year one Uh, they are starters in year one at least you talk Mm -hmm. about the first round so when you're drafting you may not always go for the number one position of need because if you're drafting 29 30 31 you're not getting the the cream of the crop there you're getting a a very good player you're getting if you mean if you draft well but you're getting a borderline second round pick you're not getting a top five pick unless you trade up and the Chiefs do have a lot of picks to trade up. In this last draft, and we also, or this upcoming draft, we know in the last year's draft, uh, they traded up to get Trent McDuffie because they felt like he was more of a blue chip guy. But if I'm a general manager and I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, you already know you're uber talented. So there's no need to sort of slowly construct your roster by just getting uber talented guys. I think you try to piece together your roster with guys you feel like could be blue chip guys, which is why I think in this upcoming draft, I think the area of need would still be an edge rusher, which is what it was last year because you're still trying to hit on a guy that can be that that diamond in the rough. a uh, Late first round, early second round pick that can turn into a maybe a 13, 14 sack type of guy or maybe a multiple-time Pro Bowl or All-Pro. Now, I know it's a long shot because you aren't picking top 10, but that's how I think you should go about it if you are drafting later on uh, in the NFL draft.
1: You know, I, it may be the Steve Spagnuolo effect. Uh, maybe it's the Trent McDuffie effect, but if I'm a a general manager, I can't help myself when it comes to best available cornerback at 30, for example, but uh, I digress. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, Chiefs picking at 30, Um, trying to be as realistic as you can, Jack, who, uh, what position or who or both would you like to see the Chiefs take at 30? And, again, trying to be as realistic as possible, uh, ruling out, for example, uh, Jordan Addison, um, Zay Flower. Like, like, these guys aren't going to be there, so don't tell me you want them to draft those guys. Um, but at 30, realistically, who do you think that uh, Kansas City should take?
3: I would not mind them taking either an edge rusher or a wide receiver. Um, I think what always stings me—at least somebody covering the Chiefs, being a Chiefs fan my entire life—was you go back to the 2020 NFL draft when they took Clyde or the 2000. Yeah, it was 2020 NFL draft when they took Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and a few picks later, there went T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think right now, going into the offseason. That position of need is very important. You need a top wide receiver, not a guy you can mold into being a good wide receiver at the slot position like Sky Moore, but it may take three or four years. You want a guy to go out there and pretty much be a number 2 right off the get-go. And I think there are a couple of guys that you could point to. Uh, you have Hyatt from Tennessee. You have a guy like Trey Palmer, who I like a lot out of Nebraska. Uh, so let me
1: stop you right there. Don't you think Hyatt will be there at 62 or not?
3: I do not think or, he'll be there at sixty two. Okay, you think he's good enough to take yes. it thirty then? I think he would be good enough to take it thirty. Now he's six foot. He's not one of those hulking wide receivers that's six foot three, six foot four. But Shane, we've seen the Chiefs try guys that are bigger body wide receivers. Sometimes they work, but they don't always have that perfect fit in Kansas City. They usually like the smaller wide receivers, the good route runners. It's why I think they went after Kadarius Toney, kind of a smaller guy, but really quick, uh Quick twitch, as they would say, from the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage, and can get open. That you know, if you're six four, six five, you may be a, a great one on one option, but you maybe not the best route runner, right? That was actually one of DK Metcalf's biggest criticisms in the draft was it wasn't a very smooth route runner. Now he's more of a freak because, of course, anybody would take DK Metcalf at this point, maybe not for his price, but I think the Chiefs will go after a guy that's maybe more so, mo- more so a fit for their offense. The guys that are six foot, six one, maybe five eleven. Not a daunting presence, but a guy that can be really quick, great route runner, good hands. I think Hyatt can be that guy for Kansas City. If he's there and you have a couple of guys you already liked at the edge position fall off the board, I would say go after a guy like Hyatt because the Chiefs do need – a true number two, maybe even a number one, because I could see them letting Juju walk. I could see them maybe making a cap casualty and cutting M V S or, or letting McCole Hardman walk. You need to replenish that wide receiver room with a couple of young guys. I mean you could look at two years from now and you could have Tony, Sky Moore, and whoever you would take in the first round. So if it were if I were there, if Trey, I think Trey Palmer will be available in the second round if you wanted to go maybe lesser upside, I wouldn't be opposed to that type of pick either.
1: How tempted would you be to take the best available tight end? Because eventually, eventually, even though it doesn't seem like it, uh, 87 is not going to be there forever. You're looking at Dalton Kincaid, the kid from Utah. Uh, In some mock drafts, the Musgrave guy from uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State possibly being available. Um, I'm seeing uh, Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia. He will probably be available. Not tempted at all to try to – I know you can't draft the heir apparent to Travis Kelsey, but you know how big of a a cavernous gap there is between Kelsey and everybody else at that position. Not tempted to take a tight end that early?
3: I'm not uh, because I still think that Travis Kelsey's got about, you know, three more years of solid football in him. This is
1: a great, great tight end class, though. It is. They don't come around very often. The classes like this, they're going to be at least two tight ends taken before 30. The kid from uh, kid from Notre Dame and probably um, the guy from Oregon State, though I just mentioned, Luke Musgrave. This is, this is a deep class, bro. I'm tempted bad
3: at I, 30. I, I think there's temptation, but uh, I actually have this opinion that when Travis Kelsey's time is officially up in Kansas City, The Chiefs won't try to replicate Travis Kelsey again. They're not going to try to go to the draft saying we need to find a Travis Kelsey. What I honestly believe they do is kind of get like two or three Noah Grays that are just you know good tight ends, good pass catching tight ends. But it's so hard to go into the draft and say let's go find ourselves a Hall of Fame tight end. Because no, I
1: I get it, but you know if you got uh, you got first round talent, why not why not take one first? Well, how long is the
3: rookie deal? Four years.
1: Five, uh, yeah, four or five. So if From Travis four, Kelsey, option for the fifth.
3: let's say Travis Kelsey plays three more years, are you willing to have a guy basically be the number two, number three tight end for three years? And then, are you
1: convinced he's going to last for three more? Years? I am.
3: I, I actually, wow. I think that he will. I mean, he still showed this year that he's by far and away the best tight end in football. And I think the only time we will see their the regression is, I think it would be injuries. I think as long as he's healthy. Right he's going to be good enough. I mean, he's, his speed hasn't really changed. His route running hasn't changed. His pass catching hasn't changed as age has gone on. But we know Father Time's undefeated, so I feel like it would be more so injuries and not, you know, season-ending injuries. It'd be more so the the nagging hamstring or a shoulder injury that, you know, maybe his starts go from 17 to 15, from 15 to 12, from 12 to 8, and then you make that move. But I really have no reason to doubt that Travis Kelsey's going to be there three years from now still posting near a 1,000-yard season. Maybe I'm I'm overshooting it here, but I think Hall of Fame talents really play at a Hall of Fame level all the way up until they hang it up. I mean, you had guys so, – go ahead.
1: Am I, am, am I reading you right in that you think the biggest position of need for the Chiefs at 30 would be – is it wide receiver? Are you stuck on that?
3: I think wide receiver. Okay. And I, I'm not actually somebody that wants to overreach for an offensive player because, as we've seen with the Chiefs, you take away a Hall of Fame wide receiver – Hell, they're still the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They can piece together anybody that they want to go out and get and still have a top five offense in the NFL. But if you're looking three, four years down the road, I think you need to start building that roster for 2026, 2027, where there is no, you know, closing window. There is no window of contention that's going to shut on you because you're always replenishing that offense and that defense with incredible talent.
1: Okay, so while I'm tempted to take Dalton. Kincaid, the tight end from uh, Utah, and I am averse to going safety or guard at 30 just because I'm a snob that way. You're looking at B.J. Ogilari, uh, the edge rusher from LSU, actually an edge rusher from Army, of all places, Andre Carter, and Will McDonald from Iowa State. I'm targeting one of those guys at 30 because you can never have enough edge rushers, um, especially if uh, Frank Clark uh, is not long for this organization. So I'm going to target one of those guys. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of leave it to pro football focus. I'm not that big of a geek to know, uh, to be watching tape on these guys. But give me B.J. Ogilari, the edge rusher from LSU, with the 30th overall pick. What say you, Jack? Which wide receiver do you covet, and who are you going to take if you're Brett Veach?
3: If Hyatt's there, I'm all over Hyatt. I really am. In fact, even if you had to trade a pick to maybe move up a couple spots, if you weren't confident,
1: all my all my mo- mocks, he's gonna be there at thirty. I've maybe, seen that
3: too. I did about three or four on break just to see if Hyatt was continuously there, and he was. But I'm also yeah. super super high on Trey Palmer. I think Trey Palmer, even though Nebraska was kind of a, a laughing stock this year, for lack of a better term, I think he kind of fits that mold in what jo- or what Hyatt is as well. Being you know six foot six foot one. 190, 195 pounds. I mean, at least I think maybe, maybe Trey Palmer's a little bit bigger. He might be 6'3", 6'4". but you know, Hyatt's a guy that's a little bit smaller, but they're two they're two in the same to me. I think Trey Palmer gives you more of a a daunting presence, you know, bigger bodied, a true number one. And he also was in an offense that wasn't that stable. I mean yet you had all the controversy in Nebraska, Scott Frost being fired, but he he was a consistency. He was the constant. I
1: think you can get Trey Palmer later. I think you can get him later.
3: But also you've seen the Chiefs get their guy. Where It doesn't matter where yep. they're drafting. You yep. think about it, like Joshua Williams would have been there in probably the sixth round. But they said, you know what, we feel like. We want him. We want him now, and we're not we going to wait around him, yeah. and take that chance. So Trey Palmer could be a second-round, third-round talent. But sometimes I feel like with Brett Veach, If he really likes a guy from what he's seen at the combine, the pre draft interviews, he goes out and gets him. And uh, it's funny because we're sitting here where we think who should be the favorite for Kansas City, maybe they go like, (laughs) you know, left tackle or right tackle because they let Orlando Brown Jr. walk. But uh, the thing is, uh, wide receiver wise, the two I've really marked down and highlighted, I think it's been Hyde and Palmer. But again, I want to be proved wrong. I want to see somebody else take off at the combine that sort of emerges, maybe a guy like Marvin Mims. You know, he's a guy that... I think Rasheed is, Rice yeah.
1: from SMU, he's a really good-looking good looking prospect.
3: Third or fourth-round guys that maybe jump yep. up to the second round. So you never really know, and I think the class is really deep. It's going to be a fantastic draft because there is so much talent at so many positions. I don't think we really had that last year. The quarterback room was, was not very impressive last year in my eyes.
1: Um, okay, so let me ask you also, do you think... Um, well, it would probably be impossible to go through the entire draft without making one move. You think the t- Chiefs make any moves? Trade up, trade back, do any of that business?
3: I think they'll trade a couple of picks, but I think I would see it being more so in the fourth, fifth round because that's, I think, where the Chiefs' wheelhouse is, and we've seen that the last couple of years. Hells, go back to the John Dorsey year, years. You know, you have Travis Kelsey later rounds, Kareem Hunt later rounds, Tyreek Hill. Later rounds. Justin Houston. Later rounds. And then you have guys like Joshua Williams, Rashad Fenton, LeJarius Sneed, uh, Brian Cook, uh, Jalen Watts, and Isaiah Pacheco. I I think they find a lot of value in rounds four through seven where I think some of the bad organizations out there go, we got to hit rounds one through three. And then we'll just kind of see where our areas are, areas of need are, four through seven, where I think the Chiefs go out there and try to legitimately find guys that can make starts, be impact players in year one, where I don't think a lot of teams out there think of sixth or seventh rounders as immediate starters at some point in the year.
1: Keeping in mind also, the Chiefs have four picks in the top 100, assuming they don't move, 30, 62, 94, and 100. So it should be exciting, uh, and it's always fun to see who will fall to them and, and see, uh, honestly, if we've ever heard of a lot of these guys that uh, that they're taking, especially on day one. All right, hey, we're right on top of the hour. Can't equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. It's 12.59. When we come back, some headlines for you. Hour two, straight ahead.
0: Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ Newton.